0: This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Matthew.
1: Real love is calling, listen, opens up your Mercy is for you with every sunrise. Here comes eventually this charismatic political world leader onto the scene who will be able to ingratiate himself with other nations until they now will uh, give him their power. There's going to be a ten-nation confederation of nations in Europe that will emerge and will rule the world, and then they will join together and give their power to one, and that will be the Antichrist. The Antichrist, Daniel says, will set up a covenant of peace with the Jews for a seven-year period of time.
0: In today's message, Pastor Gary teaches about Jesus' second coming. He discusses events that will happen and things to look for as this world begins its birth pains, an increased number and intensity of earthquakes, wars, disease, famine, and false prophets. Ultimately, the Antichrist will come to reign over this fallen world. That will begin the seven years of tribulation, and this world will be plunged into destruction the likes of which we have never seen. Accept Jesus Christ and be saved. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection.
1: Since 2011, alone, in that year alone, four times as many earthquakes, six on the magnitude six or greater, in one year, four times as many than from 1973 to the year 2000. So we're seeing an escalation of earthquakes. Uh, in addition, this is the one I threw in from Luke, because in Luke's Gospel, it talks about... Famine, earthquakes, and pestilence. Famine, earthquakes, and pestilence. So I threw this one in as well to kind of round out the whole idea of how pestilence, disease, is also something uh, that we should be aware of uh, as it relates to pestilence. I read this article just yesterday. Maybe some of you saw this article. The headline of the article was Deadly Bacteria Responsible for Florida Man's Death. And the article reads this. Warm weather and coastal waters make Florida a prime location for deadly bacteria. These conditions contributed to an unusually high amount of bacterial infections this summer, including 26 cases of what's called Vibrio vulnificus, according to a report by the Daytona Beach News Journal. The bacteria, considered one of the most deadly in the world, recently caused the death of 59-year-old Henry uh, Konetsky. Konetsky contracted the bacteria after wading through the Halifax River with an open wound. Similar to the brain-eating amoeba, uh, Nigleria fowleri, which killed a 12-year-old boy in Florida earlier this year, the bacteria can be very deadly. Konetsky first noticed lesions in his leg hours after he came back from fishing. He arrived at the emergency room with his wife, but the bacteria had already spread. He died less than 48 hours after exposure as a result of kidney failure. And we're seeing these kind of super organisms that are growing that are resistant to antibiotics. Four years after penicillin was introduced under mass production, it already showed signs of resistance by bacteria. Four years after penicillin hit the mass market. And uh, we continue to see all kinds of bacteria. Uh, This was one article... Uh, talked about how the bird flu to be used as a biological weapon. Uh, Quote, National Science Advisory Board for Biosecurity Chairman Paul Keim, an anthrax expert, said, quote, I can't think of another... Pathogenic organism that is as scary as the bird flu. I don't think anthrax is scary at all compared to this, end quote. So all kinds of diseases, bacteria, viruses, we don't have answers for. How these super viruses and super bacteria are becoming resistant to antibiotics because of the overprescription of antibiotics. You know how all that is going. And so uh, pestilence on the rise, the increase of disease. Of course, there's great advancement in medical Science and technology and, and cures for things that we didn't have cures for 10 or 15 years ago. But at the same time, we're competing with things that are uh, out of control and we don't have answers for. Number six, we read on the list also in verse 9, Jesus talks about persecution of Christians. Persecution of Christians. Pastor Saeed Abedini comes to mind. He's a, um, an Iranian American who is presently imprisoned in Iran. He's been there for a year. He was formerly a Muslim who converted to Christianity, became a pastor, and then went back to Iran. And many of you have been following his story how he has still been in prison there for a year. Uh, As a result of all the civil war and strife in Egypt, you know the target, target of a lot of the civil war and strife in Egypt is the Coptic Christians. They're worth about 300 Coptic Christian churches throughout Egypt, and now there are only 57 left, because between the the Muslim Brotherhood and Al-Qaeda, Christian churches have been targeted throughout Egypt in particular, going from 300 now down to just 57 Christian churches in Egypt. Christians are under attack. More Christians have been killed in the last century than the previous 20 combined. Uh, According to um, an article Uh, entitled Persecution of Christian Grows, quote, at least 100 million Christians in 65 countries suffer persecution, according to Open Doors USA, a non-denominational organization that records this kind of uh, oppression against Christians. 100 million Christians in 65 countries around the world. So persecution of Christians is happening. Also in verse 10, uh, Jesus talks about apostasy, He says in verse 10, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Now, we're going to get further down here, and he talks about the spreading of the gospel around the world, but I still hear people from time to time say, yeah, when we get closer to the return of Jesus, there's going to be this great evangelistic movement, and bunches and bunches of people are going to get saved. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible says that the gospel will spread around the world. And there will be more people exposed to the good news of Jesus, and they will hear the truth. But unfortunately, what the Bible teaches is there will be an apostasy. There will be a falling away from the truth as we get closer and closer to the return of Christ. Jesus says it right here. Also in the margin of your Bible, you can write in First Timothy 4.1. And it says this in First Timothy 4.1, that the Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Paul's saying the same thing that Jesus said. In the latter times, people will abandon the faith, and they will follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. When we see the rebuilding of the temple, which will happen, because before the Antichrist comes, there's going to be a rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Do not let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until first the rebellion occurs. And it is the Greek word apostasia. That's where we get our English word apostasy. That there will be a falling away from the faith. There will be people who will be disillusioned. And, will, and who will deny Christ and will fall away and renounce their faith. And Jesus warns of that very thing happening here in Matthew 24, verse 10, a great apostasy. He also tells us uh, in, verses, uh, in verse 12 that there will be an increase of wickedness and a decrease of love. He says there in verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. So we will see an increase of wickedness. We will see more wicked things. We will see, you know, and we will be exposed to more evil in our world as we get closer to the return of Christ. At the same time, we will see people who will not be as loving. Uh, There's going to be this, you know, uh, as as wickedness increases, uh, there's going to be a decrease in the love that people have for each other. So part of what Jesus said will happen as well. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And literally that word nations literally can translate ethno-linguistic groups. Uh, Jesus saying that that the gospel is going to be preached to every ethnic linguistic group, that in every language uh, the gospel will advance around the world. So there's going to be the spreading of the gospel around the world, which is obviously a a good thing. I love the technology that we now have to to see the gospel advance around the world in ways that we didn't have 10 or 15 years ago. I uh, just got some stats about our own online viewing and, and the people who download off of the teaching library on our church's uh, website, and we can track where all of these are coming from around the world. Uh, We've had downloads from the teaching library from 43 different countries on five continents. 43 different countries uh, countries on five continents. The number one country that downloads material besides the United States, outside of the United States, is China. Also, there are hits by Kazakhstan, Qatar, Germany, Australia, India, Bolivia, South Korea. I mean, it's just amazing to see how, the, the, because of technology today, how the gospel can literally get out around the world and people can hear the good news of Jesus. And, and this is what the Lord is saying here. But again, you have to couple that with what he said earlier. There's going to be a great falling away. So the gospel gets out, people get saved... But the downside is there's also, among others, a falling away. So we're thankful for, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of garbage on the Internet and uh, there's a lot of false information. You know, they don't believe everything you read on the Internet. But, um, but the, the upside of it is just the way that you can get the gospel out and you can around the world communicate the good news of Jesus. So it's wonderful to see in our day the technology that wasn't even around in, in my parents' generation. Just through satellite and television, radio, internet, uh, just all, social media, just everything and every way that you can get the truth out. So that's a good thing. And we're living in, in this information age. We're living in this information age. Uh, I read a statistic one time uh, in a a book, uh, Disciplines, by uh, Richard Foster. I don't necessarily recommend that guy particularly because he's gone off on some wrong tangents about some things. But he had a bit of information I thought was interesting to note, that you and I are exposed to more information in a single edition of the New York Times than what somebody in in, uh, the 1700s would have been exposed to in the course of a lifetime. More information in one edition of the New York Times than somebody living in the 1700s would have been exposed to in a lifetime. So we are in that information age. We are exposed to a great amount of information, and the gospel is spreading around the world, and that's a good thing. Now, verse 15. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand And then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. So uh, what he's talking about here is the unveiling of the Antichrist the unveiling of the antichrist now this is the reference to the antichrist when he quotes when he refers to what daniel said about the abomination that causes desolation now uh the, you know i'm going to try to do the best i can to not get stuck in the weeds with all of this because it, there's a lot of information when you cross-reference the book of daniel and first uh, and second thessalonians and the man of lawlessness and the one doomed to destruction and and uh, the abomination that causes desolation. But I'm going to do my best to kind of cross-reference some of this stuff just so that we know uh, what he's talking about. And one of the questions I always get when, whenever we talk about these kind of things is, is the Antichrist here? And I have no idea if the Antichrist is here. Uh, he may be on the world scene, maybe not have come to, has, has come to prominence, uh, or maybe he's not around yet at all. Uh, But there will come onto the world scene a very charismatic political, I don't mean that in a spiritual gift sense, I mean charismatic in terms of charming personality, a charismatic political world leader who will be able to unite world religions and unite world governments and eventually be a world dictator. Is that guy on the scene yet? I don't know. I do believe when you look at end time events and how it lines up, that uh, we will probably be out of here as Christians related to the topic of the rapture when we're taken from the earth, uh, certainly before Antichrist comes to his full power. Uh, Maybe he is in the shadows right now or in the wings and, you know, there's somebody on the world scene, but he won't really come to the fullness of his power uh, until really the church is out of here. But Jesus, nevertheless, is giving us an indication of his coming. Now, he's referring to this abomination that causes desolation. What is that? Well, back in Daniel 11, you can just listen if you'd like to, or you can turn back there if you'd like. Uh, In Daniel chapter 11, it tells us in verse 31 that his armed forces will rise up to desecrate the temple, to desecrate the temple fortress, and will abolish the daily sacrifice then they will set up the abomination that causes desolation. Uh, and it's mentioned again in chapter 12, uh, verse 11, Daniel twelve eleven, which says, from the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days, roughly three and a half years. Now, when you take what Daniel talks about and you take the reference that Jesus makes and you take what Paul writes about in his letters to the Thessalonians, this is basically best we can sew all this together. Here comes eventually this charismatic political world leader onto the scene who will be able to ingratiate himself with other nations until they now will uh, give him their power. There's going to be a ten-nation confederation of nations in Europe that will emerge and will rule the world. And then they will join together and give their power to one. And that will be the Antichrist. The Antichrist, Daniel says, will set up a covenant of peace with the Jews for a seven-year period of time. And that covenant of peace means that they will be allowed to rebuild their temple and they will be allowed to reinstall their sacrifices, their sacrificial system. And he will be able to allow the Jews and Muslims to get along because right now there's just the Muslim presence with the Dome of the Rock and the Al Aqsa Mosque on the Temple Mount. But because the Antichrist will have this way of just kind of uniting everybody and being this political hero, he's going to somehow get the Jews and the Muslims to coexist on the Temple Mount area because the Bible says that the temple will be rebuilt. How do we know? Because halfway into this seven year covenant of peace, that's why Daniel says 1,290 days into it, the Antichrist will break the covenant. And the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3, that the man of lawlessness will be revealed, the man doomed to destruction, and he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worship so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. So that's how we know that the temple has to be rebuilt in Jerusalem because the antichrist is going to unveil reveal himself for who he truly is, which is a deceiver, and that and that people he will then require people to worship him in the temple. So there will be the rebuilding of the temple. And the Jews today in the Temple Institute, there's a group of Jews who have already refashioned all the articles of the temple. And every August the 9th, to commemorate the destruction, to memorialize the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, they bring out the articles to the temple. And they hope one day to be able to rebuild the temple, and these articles can be put onto the Temple Mount. Well, quickly, the Muslims who have been given administrative rights over the Temple Mount of Jerusalem since the 1967 war, when Moshe Dayan, the general of Israel, said, We can come to peace, and we'll let you have the administrative rule over the Temple Mount area to, to the Muslims. And so they still maintain the administrative uh, uh, rights over the Temple Mount. So every August the 9th, when these zealous Jews come with the articles of the Temple up to the Temple Mount, they get turned away. And they know they're going to get turned away, but they do it to remind everybody August the 9th was a tragic day of killing, and uh, hopefully one day we can have a temple rebuilt. And they are looking forward to the rebuilding of the temple. There is a great movement for the hopeful day when that temple can be rebuilt, and the temple will be rebuilt and the sacrificial system will be reinstalled and people will be sacrificing. But halfway into the seven years, three and a half years into it, the Antichrist reveals himself for who he truly is. And he he demands to be worshipped. And that is the abomination that causes desolation. He will desolate, he will desecrate the temple by his own self-worship. Now, people who know history... And just to try to muddy the waters a little bit more, we'll look at Daniel and say, well, that was a prophecy related to the coming of a a Greek king by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes IV, who in about 167 B.C. went into the temple, desecrated it, slaughtered a pig. And when you look at when Daniel was writing in the 500s B.C., Antiochus IV Epiphanes did fulfill that in 167 B.C. or uh, 167 B.C. Uh, but that can't be what Daniel was completely talking about. That may have been a, a prophecy in part, but we know it can't be the prophecy in full because Jesus speaks about it as a future event. And Antiochus Epiphanes came 160 years before Jesus. So that can't be when he slaughtered, when Antiochus uh, slaughtered a pig on the temple in the temple and desecrated it. That can't be everything that Daniel was talking about because Jesus then 160 years after, Antiochus says, no, 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 future event. When you see the abomination that causes desolation happening in the future that Daniel prophesied about, you better run. You better flee because the Antichrist is coming and he's going to set himself up in a wing of the temple. That's what Paul wrote there in 2 Thessalonians 2. And he will proclaim himself to be God and he will exalt himself over everything and anyone that proclaims to be God and he will demand to be worshiped. And that is the ultimate desecration. And when that happens, the eyes of the Jews, who up to that point thought he was Messiah, they will now realize that they've been duped and they will flee. And Jesus says, pray that your flight doesn't take place in the winter because it's obviously more adverse conditions to try to flee the city when it's wintertime. I've seen it snow in Jerusalem. It does snow there. And it would be a devastating thing to try to leave Jerusalem when it's winter. And pregnant mothers, nursing mothers, it's going to be a terrible time for them to flee because they're going to see the Antichrist in his full colors as he emerges and his identity is revealed here. And Jesus is warning about this very thing, the unveiling of the Antichrist. How dreadful it will be. Let no one on the field in the field go back, in verse 18, to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. He says in verse 21, for then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. Those days had not been cut short. No one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is The Christ, or there he is, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the the elect, if that were possible. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is, out in the desert, do not go out, or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. In other words, you, you won't have to have somebody say to you, hey, I think I saw him out in the desert, or hey, I think he's in that house, because the visible return of Jesus Christ will be known by all like lightning from the sky. And no one's going to have to tell you, I think Messiah's here. You will know. So if somebody has to say to you, I think this guy's the Messiah, and you didn't see this, this incredible display of the coming of Jesus in the sky, then know that it's a false Christ or a false prophet. And and what he begins to get into here, which we'll have to pick up next week, is matters concerning the Great Tribulation and Armageddon.
0: Thanks for joining Pastor Gary today for this study in the Gospel of Matthew on Cornerstone Connection. If you'd like to hear this teaching again or explore additional messages, visit cornerstoneconnection.cc and click on Teachings. You can download our mobile app, too, while you're there. It's under On The Go. Do you live in or near Leesburg, Virginia? If so, we want to invite you to join us for church at Cornerstone Chapel. We're meeting each Sunday in person at 8:30 and 11:45, as well as on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. CornerstoneConnection.cc is the place to get all the information you need, along with directions to our campus. You can also see what's going on during the week and what Cornerstone Chapel offers in the way of small groups, youth ministry, and more. And you can meet the staff. If you're not able to join us in person right now, that's okay. We're live streaming each Sunday and Wednesday service at cornerstoneconnection.cc. If you have any questions for us, or if you'd like to share a prayer request, please connect with us at prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. That's prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us to study Matthew. And we hope you'll tune in again to learn more about Jesus. That's right here on Cornerstone Connection.
1: They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know